You're listening to the Quality of Love Podcast. Your home for all things love, relationship, and mental health. Hosted by nationally certified life and relationship coach, Tyrone Dixon. Sit back, relax, and get tips on creating the life you deserve without wasting any more time. Welcome to the Quality of Love podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Dixon, nationally certified life and relationship coach, husband, father to two beautiful princesses, and CEO and founder of Arosu Concrete Consulting. Thank you guys for taking the time out to listen in with us tonight. We really appreciate it. I can officially say, guys, well, before I say my whole, you know, the spiel of welcome to Wednesday, we made it to another hump day and I'll be answering questions. I can officially say you guys are listening to the 185th ranked relationship podcast. So we're uh, like I've been talking about, we're moving up the chart. So thank you guys. And I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you downloading, listening, all that good stuff. As we continue to give you some practical advice to to deliver for your life and to carry on through your life. I just want to make sure that I'm never forgetting that you guys assisted and helped put us in this into this position. So I'll never, ever, ever forget the gratitude piece or to reach back. With that being said, you know it, you made it to another Wednesday episode. That means we have another Wednesday question and answer episode set up for you guys and ready to go. So without further ado, let's get into our quote of the day. Quote of the day today comes from an anonymous author and it reads, a true relationship is two unperfect people refusing to give up on each other. Once again, that quote is a true relationship is two unperfect people refusing to give up on one another. And that was a quote that I heard probably about a year or so ago um, during a time in which I was doing research on becoming a um, certified, nationally certified relationship coach. And I just thought it, it resonated with me well, because a lot of times you see people in relationships, um, they want this perfect person or they want like someone with the perfect body or the perfect uh, attitude or skill set. And realistically, Every time I've worked with people or I've I've, I've interacted with people um, in terms of the, the relationship coach setting, you're usually dealing with people who are not perfect, which is why I always say um, you want to make sure that you're not practicing unconditional love in your relationships, but instead you're practicing unconditional acceptance, right? Because no one's perfect. Every relationship can improve and you have to be willing to improve in areas of your life if you're looking to have a lasting relationship. Right. So once again, that quote by an anonymous author is a true relationship is two unperfect people refusing to give up on each other. Right. So next time you get involved in a relationship or if you're in one now, remember that. Right. No one's perfect and focus on that unconditional acceptance. Question number one, how do you relax? Especially in today's time, it's very important to come down. Once again, that question is, how do you relax? And especially in today's time, it's very important to come down. Uh, I mentioned this a couple of times actually on the podcast. One thing that I do and I'll probably do for the rest of my life when it comes to coming down or kind of getting away from the sensory overwhelming that is our society nowadays is I unplug. 
All right, so there'll be times where I come home and I'll put my cell phone down or away and I won't even touch it for hours at a time just to kind of get my mind right and, and get my peace of mind. I know that that can be very, very difficult for people, but it's something I highly recommend because if you continue to want to engage, whether that's be, uh, whether that be social media, the news, um, any current events, anything that that's just constantly sending, um, firing off endorphins to your brain. I think it, it eventually, again, we become overwhelmed. So I try to be proactive in unplugging, getting away from my phone, getting away from media and all of that type of stuff so that I can um, be one with myself, be one with myself, be one with my own thought process and and be sure that I'm, I'm keeping myself at my optimum performance level and I'm able to fill my own cup before it runs empty. Question number two. How do you prepare to fight a smear campaign? Uh, I don't actually, to be frank. Um, I don't. If if someone's going to talk bad about you, if someone's going to talk down to you, uh, I feel like personally that they're they're already at a lower vibration than I am. So there's no need for me to engage in that type of conversation or engage in that type of negativity. Uh, I try to, as, as most people know, I try to remain on a positive as much as possible. So if someone's going to um, bring me up in a smear campaign or use me um, to try to take advantage of something or get ahead in life, whatever it may be, um, I tend to not engage. It's, I don't feel like that's my battle to fight. The, the work and the effort that I put forth should speak for itself. Right. And I don't I don't even engage in negativity. And I feel like people that are part of smear campaigns and that are proactive in leading smear campaigns, they're usually um, in bad spots in their own life. Right. So there's I'm not lowering my my vibration for someone who's already in a rough spot. I just I'll ignore it unless it becomes a direct threat. If it's something that becomes a direct threat to you or your family, then you certainly have to address it um, and do something about it. But if this person is not a threat and they're just talking, I say let them talk because at the end of the day, they're talking about you for a reason. And I know that sounds just like cliche as heck, but they're talking about you for a reason. You must be doing something right. Question number three, why should I quit my gratitude practice to improve my mental health? Once again, that question is, why should I quit my gratitude practice to improve my mental health? I disagree with that statement. I disagree with that. I don't think you should quit your gratitude practice at all. Um, I think that you may be putting your gratitude in the wrong direction, right? You may be um, expressing and showing gratitude to people that either are not receptive to it or don't have the proper skill set to be receptive to your gratitude and your appreciation of them. I would invite you to continue to practice your gratitude, but instead of putting the gratitude into people that you don't don't think will reciprocate it or give it back, put your gratitude into someone that you know is appreciative of it and appreciates the little things that you do for them. And that'll make you feel better about not only what you're doing, right? So the grace that you show somebody else, but it'll make you feel better about who you are as a person because you're really, really helping someone and it's not, um, not not being thrown back in your face or not being received in a negative way. So that would be my advice for that. Question number four, why does noticeable stress happen? Once again, that question is, why does noticeable stress happen? I think noticeable stress happens when we're overwhelmed, which is again, why I said, like I said earlier in my earlier answer to the question, I really, really think that we need to be proactive and unplugging 
and getting away from some of the some of the societal traps that are at hand um, that constantly make us feel like we need to be engaged in some some type of way right so going back to what i said earlier whether that's media whether that's uh social media anything that that makes you feel like you need to be engaged or that feeling of missing out on something right that comes when you're extremely stressed or when you you're anxious right so um noticeable stress occurs like i said personally i believe when you're when you're overwhelmed so in order to uh, stop noticeable stress from happening, I think, in my personal opinion, you should be proactive in um, protecting your peace, right? So that may not be getting away and unplugging like I do. Maybe it's going to the gym. Um, maybe it's video gaming. Like video gaming is really, really good. I know it gets a bad rep, especially like with the PS5 um, coming out in the cells of the PS5. But Video gaming is really, really good for people who enjoy it because it's it's a community outside of the world. Right. So there are a lot of people who get on video games and they have friends from all around the world. Right. And it's it's their way of unplugging their way of um, not necessarily not connecting because you're on a video game, but their way of keeping their peace and, and kind of getting away from society for a little while. So if you do have a gamer, I say um, be careful what you say to them, because that the game may just be their peace of mind. All right. So let's get into what is quickly becoming a very, very popular segment. Insight from a former narcissist. Question number one. Why does a covert narcissist ignore and avoid you, yet when confronted, refuse to break up? Once again, that question is, why does a covert narcissist ignore and avoid you, yet when confronted, refuses to break up? I think in this instance, it's a matter of control, right? And manipulation as well. The combination of control and manipulation um, for a narcissist in a lot of cases, especially when you have a visceral response or you blow up on them. Um, it's a, it's fun. Like that's a game to them. And it's like, OK, this is another avenue of control that I have over over this person, because <clears throat> when they when they threaten to, to break up with me or they say leave, for example, or why are you still with me? Um, that means they still love the narcissist in some way, shape or form. And what happens is the narcissist will hold on to that and they'll use that against you at some point in time. So um, an example of that would be. Let's say, for example, you said, OK, well, you keep cheating and if you keep cheating, you can just leave me alone. There's no use of being in a relationship with me if you don't want to be faithful. And the narcissist mind, they're looking at that as an opportunity to say, oh, well, you keep telling me to leave you or you keep saying leave. So what I do is I go out and I seek other women or I try to mess with other men, whatever, whatever the case may be. And for us because we look for reasons to kind of compensate for trauma and compensate for the trauma that occurs in relationships with narcissists, we kind of, we, we take an introspective look and we start to think along the lines of, okay, maybe it is me or maybe I am doing something wrong. So um, I think what you have on your hands is a situation in which the narcissist has learned that you don't really want to break up. You want them to improve on their behavior, but they're not going to improve on their behavior. They're just going to use that as a manipulation tactic. Question number two, why won't a narcissist leave when you ask them to? <laughs> Funny, I just same same response that I have for question number one, um, because they understand that you don't really want them to leave. Um, if you did, you would just leave on your own. 
it's another way of them controlling a situation or controlling their relationship in that they they know that you don't really want to leave them. They know you want them to just improve on their behavior, but they're not capable of it. And they're very, very self-centered. So um, although you may say something like, hey, leave, this is no longer working out for us. In the narcissist mind, if you didn't leave that situation or you didn't remove yourself from the situation, they still have some sort of control on you over you. So if you genuinely and truly want to break up with this narcissistic individual, then I would invite you to leave on your own. Right. So you leave the relationship and don't look back because once the narcissist realize that you're leaving for good, they're going to certainly try to get you back and keep you under their wing or as one of their supplies. Question number three, why do narcissists feel the need to punish you for not doing things their way? Control, control. Simple as that, right? If you, if you know you're dating a narcissist or with a narcissistic individual, they are looking to control you at all costs, right? That That's something that, that they do a lot of. Um, and if you are not willing to be controlled or you are someone that holds them accountable for their actions, then they try to punish you in some way, shape or form, whether that's manipulation, um, making you feel like you're the victim all the time or um, looking at you to give them empathy, right? And be very, very empathetic and not be so hard and harsh on them. Trust me, if this individual is a narcissist, like you say they are, they know exactly what's going on. Um, and they're punishing you is just their way of trying to keep control of your relationship. If you are in a relationship in which you feel punished because you're not doing something someone's way, um, that's not a healthy relationship for you. Uh, it's I would invite you to leave as soon as possible because it's not going to be a lasting relationship either because it's it's so one sided. Question number four, actually, sorry about that. Question number four, would a narcissist ever realize he got rid of a grade A supply? Once again, that question is, would a narcissist ever realize that he got rid of a grade A supply? Uh, Frankly, no. Um, when we talk about narcissistic people, they don't look at like grade A supplies or they don't look at like, oh, man, this this person was a really good supply. I, I miss them or I should have kept them. They literally are just looking for a supply period. Right. So if someone else is willing to take the mantle of supply rights or for those that aren't familiar with narcissistic language, someone who a narcissist can drain their energy and suck their energy out of them and not be held accountable for their actions. They don't think in terms of grade A, B, C, D. It's just a matter of, okay, this person I can manipulate. Let me use them as a supply because now my previous supply has caught on to my tactics and caught on to the things that I've, I do and have been doing for years. So it's, it's not, don't look at it as your grade A supply. I will look at it as, you got out of that situation and escaped that situation. So instead of looking at yourself as a supply, start looking at yourself as someone who can now look at narcissistic people and understand their traits. And you cannot waste your time with those people anymore. Right. Um, I just I'd be careful with that using the language of your grade A supply because you can just be a grade A person. Right. You don't have to be a supplier to someone who's narcissistic. Just go for the grade A person.
Last question I have for you guys from the insight from the narcissist, former narcissist, excuse me. What type of people get under narcissist skin? Once again, that question is what type of people get under narcissist skin? Um, I have found that the people that get under narcissist skin the most are people who are not willing to be controlled by them. Right. So people that don't do what they say, what they say, and they they don't respond in a, in a negative way. It's just no. I'm not doing what you say. Um, the uh, second uh, close, I guess I would say close second one A one B person that that gets gets under the narcissist skin is someone who is holding them accountable for their actions at all times, right? Someone who does not let up in every single. Um, narcissistic behavior or tendency that they engage in you're holding them accountable for that i've seen that uh, work so well that narcissists no longer want to be around you or want to be a part of your circle right so those are those are the type of people that i've seen that get under narcissist skin overall i would say someone who has strong boundaries would would be a a adversary to to a narcissist right so that's all we have for you guys tonight remember you guys are more than welcome to hit us up at tqlp20 at gmail.com with any questions that you guys have for our big wednesday episodes once again that's tqlp20 at gmail.com or you guys are more than welcome to hit us up on our facebook page the quality of love podcast remember guys as always the quality of love and relationships that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love.